Father, we thank you for this word and for understanding. We thank you for this day. And we will rejoice and we will be glad in this day. We set aside, Lord, all of those things that would cause us stress and harm and and fear and all of the things that you don't want us to abide in. We let them go right now in the name of Jesus. And we put on Christ and we put on your thoughts, your, your heart, your attitude, your understanding. And we love you, Lord. And we thank you for giving us your holy word that we can live by it have good success in Jesus name. Amen. And praise God. Amen. So we're going to continue talking about healing for the soul. Amen. Or the process. Oh, prosper and be in health as your soul. What, which one do we, are we calling it? Like I said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> number two. All right. We got number two today and, uh, we just want to lift each other up and encourage each other in the word as often as possible. That's why we gather together so that by gathering together, we get better. Amen. We're, we are, we live better. We expect better. Our lives are better. And so we, we started out with scripture in three John one, two, where, where, uh, the, uh, Apostle says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I think what that means to me is that we have a part and God has a part. See, the results are God's. The, the, we lay the groundwork for our own prosperity and, and that's really not so much Our giving, because our giving is a part of it. But if you don't live right, you don't live righteously, you don't use your faith, you know, you gotta uh, live and, and use the faith of God in order to prosper in God. He left us his faith. So when you're born again, his spirit dwells in you and that spirit has its own life. It's a prosperous life. It's a great life. And so what we're doing as we walk with God, we are walking in a a place where we draw from that life. We draw from his faith. We draw from his love, from his encouragement. He, He wants to supply everything of his to us. And in order for that to happen, we have to let go of the things that we're familiar with. You know, our old ways, our old habits, our our old desires even. You can't want the same things that you used to want when you're living for God. Now, you may want some similar things, but when God gives them to you, it's on a totally different, higher level. And when he provides them, your faith has already laid the groundwork for them. So it's not like, um, you know, like, oh, I hit the lottery. You, you know, you just jump up and down and act crazy. And, you know, the life of faith isn't like that. Cause really, by the time you receive what you're believing God for, your insides have jumped up and down at least 15 or 20 times. Now, when you think about it, when you first believe God's word about something, say for instance, you really want, um, um, better hours at your job or promotion or a different job, something that's more more in line with what you think in your heart is going to make you happy. 
Anybody ever been like that? You've been at a job, you barely tolerate it. And then you think to yourself, man, if I could get this, 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 and this, I'd be almost there, <laughs> you know? And, and God is, God put that idea in your heart. He put the idea for better on the inside of you. Amen. We talked about this when we, uh, when I was teaching on the blood of Jesus, the blood speaks better. Whenever a thought comes to you for something improved and something better, that's Jesus' blood speaking to you. It has a voice. It was shed for your prosperity. Other than that, we'd be broke every five minutes. We'd be so far in debt. You know, I remember how I used to live. Paycheck to paycheck, credit card to credit card. And my husband and I were both working and working hard. And we had good jobs. But it was just... That's the way the world is. You know, unless you can tap into something really, really extraordinary, you don't generally get much excess. So when you, when you do get to the point where you can finally start to save, you know, oh boy, I, you mean we got money left over on a paycheck? Let's leave it in the bank. You just happen on things sometimes. But when you live for God, all of that is planned already for you. And, and the blood is what paid for it. When Jesus shed his blood and gave his life for us, he gave us a new life in exchange. He gave us his, the life that he lives now is where we live when we live for him. And, and he's always wanting us to have better. Why? Because his blood speaks better things. You know, the old, the old way spoke poverty, struggle, tired all the time. Like, let me get a, a side gig so I can have a little extra coin for something I want. Want a new dress? Gotta go get a side gig. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, 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 but God doesn't, that's not what He's calling us to. He's calling us to abundant life by faith. To believe him for these things. He'll open the door for anything that you need. He'll close the door for anything that you don't need. That will ensnare you and entrap you. He will direct you away from those things that aren't good for you. And so when we understand his system, then we'll kind of like be more comfortable yielding to the way he tells us to do things. He'll tell you, you know, read your Bible, get to know me, get to know what's yours, get to know what I want to do for you, get to know how much I love you and how I've set aside all kind of good things for you. And you think, that's it? Really? Yeah, that's it, really, <laughs> you know? And And let that word become real to you. Meditate on it. Think about it for a while. God, you... You, you went to the cross. You, and you were perfect. You never did anything wrong. And here I've done all this wrong. And you forgive me. And you give me a new life. And you bless me on top of it. You give me all the things I need. It's just too good to be true. That's why a lot of times people don't even pay much attention to the word because we live in a mindset of, well, you know, like you've always lived. It's barely get along and yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I want this, but I don't know if God's going to give it to me and yeah, you know how that goes. And so he wants us to live higher than that. So that's why he has to come into our hearts and then begin to do a work on the inside that kind of re- 
changes us. It restores us to, to that place where, where like Adam and Eve were in the garden where they walked in harmony with God. They were not afraid, not ashamed. And they didn't have any clothes on. And they weren't ashamed. Why? Because they weren't in sin. Once sin came in, everything was wrong. Oh gosh, I don't know, you know. Adam, go put a, another goat skin on, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so we, we just have to understand God's brought us back to the place where we can live close to Him. Cause He adores us. He loves us. He wants to bless us tremendously. He wants to have things we never even thought we could attain. Amen. And, and, and when we, when we first start to get a blessing, it's like, boy, God says to us, you know what? I'm just getting started with you. I'm not done with you. I've got so much more down the road. It will mess your head up if I showed it to y'all at one time. So that's why he makes us walk by faith. Whatever your faith can can get you to believe is what your portion is for right then. Amen. So that's why sometimes we think we're waiting a long time for God to do something. He's really waiting on us to to pay attention to his word enough and believe it. So that we can catch up with where he is. He's like way down the road. And he's like, girl, you better read your Bible so you can catch up with where I am. Amen. Because I'm up here where all the good stuff is. I'm up here all the blessings are. I'm up here where that new house is for you. I'm up here where your new car is. I'm up here for where your job promotion is. I'm way up here. But you're going to have to catch up with me by faith. You gotta study your words. You gotta really believe it. You gotta work hard at believing it. I think that's probably the hardest work we might be in, in store for as, as Christians is, God, this is just so wonderful. Could I really believe you'll do all of this for me? Can I really believe you'll, you'll give me strength. You'll give me energy. You give me new stamina. You give me all the things I need. You'll give me that promised job, that wonderful job. You'll make me be at peace with my bosses and my uh, uppers and downers and <laughs> uppers and downers in the job. Amen. So, so it's just good to understand how the word affects us. It's worth it to read your Bible. It's worth it to take a scripture out and just look at it and say, God, is this really for me? Is this really real? Can you really do this for me? Well, God, I'm thinking about it, and I remember you did this for me, and that for me, and that for me, and that. I think I do believe you can do this great thing for me. You see what I'm saying? And just let yourself receive it. Just quit fighting it. Now, the natural mind will always fight the things God has for us, because it's the enemy of God. And so that's why we got to make a choice. Do I believe God's word, or do I believe what my mind is telling me your mind keeps fighting you on this stuff but you can conquer it amen in jesus name you conquered it to get saved amen you conquered fighting god at at a very critical time and for a very critical reason so if you're born again you've already conquered the, the hardest part was getting in the door amen Amen. That's, you know, that's the price of admission. <laughs> it's already been paid for us. Amen. It's like, I remember in the grocery store, they used to let little kids hang around and, can I help you with your groceries? I want to say, man, the hardest part's done already. That's getting them paid for. Where were you 10 minutes ago when I was paying the bill? Shorty. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, I never would let them help me. You know why? Because it, it was school. School was in, and those the owners of the stores let those little young kids hang around. I'm thinking you need to be in school because you're going to be working for ten cents and begging all your life if you don't get an education. Why they let them hang around there during school hours, I don't know. But, you know, it, it, I just didn't want to encourage it. Besides, I didn't need the help. You know, it's just one of those things. But, um, but you know, the hardest part is getting the price paid. Jesus has done that already for us. You got to believe, number one, the price is paid for everything you need. If you can't believe that, uh, then it's going to be hard to believe for the rest of it. So if you can believe that you have to use your faith in God's word, put your faith and your trust in him, and he'll always respond and give you what you desire. Amen? Because you put your confidence in him. Amen, amen, amen. So we we left off yesterday uh, talking about rest for our souls. Amen? Uh, um, in Jeremiah 6.16, we found that scripture that said uh, God would give us rest. Let's go back to that because I thought that was a good place to end yesterday. So it's got to be a good place to start today. Jeremiah 16, of uh, 6, I'm sorry, in verse 16. Jeremiah. Uh-huh, 6 and verse 16. Mm-hmm. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the ways or the road and see and ask for the old path where is the good way and walk therein and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. Israel, of course, refused. They said, no, we're not going to walk in the old ways. Amen. Many times people walk away from God. You know, they just decide they don't have time for church. They don't want to do all of this. And if it takes all this and takes all that in order to get what I need from God, I'll just go back and do whatever people do. I don't know what you do. But anyway, God tells them to return to your foundation. Return to the old path. Return to the place where you were once blessed. Amen. We talked about that some. He said, Brother Hagen would tell people they'd come up to the altar. Um, we just don't know what happened. We're just not as blessed as we used to be. And he said, well, just go to the last place where you were blessed. You know, it's like I moved out of my parents' house. I can't afford to feed myself. Duh. Go home. Amen. Go to the last place you got a regular meal. It's not hard to figure out. You know, our pets got that much sense. It once when they're being fed, they don't go anywhere. Amen. <laughs> Moving out of this house, I got everything I need. And so the ancient paths are the the foundation that God laid in your life and you can look back at that time and say, "You know, when I did that and I was doing that, my life was easier." And that's what he's talking about here. So God's whole whole goal is to put us at rest. He doesn't want us stressed. He doesn't want us worried. In fact, you see so many scriptures that tell you fear not, consider not, take no thought. Don't worry. Why is that? Because your soul and your mind were not created for burdens. 
Your soul was created for peace. To have a burden on your mind, to have a burden on your emotions, to have a burden is wrong. And God wants to fix it. Jesus died and paid the price to fix our souls. And our souls need fixing. I don't care who we are. Uh, everybody could use it. Amen? Because we live around, I mean, even if you do the best you can not to do anything wrong, not to sin. We live in an environment, all you'd have to do is turn the TV on or the radio on. And there's cuss words coming at you. There's profanity. There's innuendo. There's all kinds of unclean words and thoughts. Well, that's not good for you. That's not healthy for your mind. Amen. Now, some people think it's cute and get a laugh out of it and just, oh, you know, that's how people are. I wouldn't be around it. You know what I'm saying? You, Your mind is set apart for God so that he can have communion with you, fellowship with you. He can think, you can think his thoughts and get an understanding of life a whole lot better than if you're sitting around listening to a bunch of junk. And then, and then if you focus on that junk long enough you wind up doing some of it that's just the way the mind works you can't say well that's them over there and this is me yeah but why do you listen to it why do you expose yourself to it you see if something in you that kind of likes it a little bit amen you know there's sometimes i hear people and they'll say a cuss word and i'll just kind of laugh because it's kind of funny in a way and then i think lord forgive me i said i gotta come up a little bit higher on that you understand what I'm saying? Because that's my old nature. It's a custom to just shrugging it off. But, you know, I'm not around it or approving of it. But you got to keep that that position on the inside of you. If you expect God to have free access to your thought life, may it bless you. So it's worth it to me because I know there's a blessing in it if I keep my thoughts on the level of God's thinking. See, he can tell me how to do things so much better than I can do on my own. Amen. You don't want to be on your own in this life. It's a horrible place to be if you don't have God. Amen. So when we, when we talk about the ancient path, that means you can find rest when you, you know, there's times when I, well, I'll think about, you know, some of the things that we've done in ministry. <clears throat> and I have such a peaceful, feeling i just say god wow you've you've always been with us you've always helped us you've always loved that's the ancient path for me you understand what i'm saying uh the things that that we've done and the things that he where he's taken us and how and and when i look and i see people that we've known for 20 and 30 years and i think well lord we're still friends we still you know we haven't fallen out about anything we still can connect around the things of god that's the ancient paths you know it's it's establishing you as having walked with god laid a foundation enjoyed that foundation enjoyed that life because he give us he gives us life in order to enjoy it amen so we want to find rest for our souls that is the great quest of 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 life is to find that peace contentment and rest now we think our problem is lack of things but let me ask you this you you may not have say for instance you've got a bill that needs to be paid and you know you're going to be short paying it your problem really isn't money. Your problem is how you feel about it. I 
heart. Don't do that. I didn't catch that yet. I'm going to say it again. Your problem is not money. Your problem is how you feel about it. You can be peaceful and say, God, I'm expecting you to come through for me again. You always have. You always will. Or you can be fretful. You can be upset. You can be distracted. You can be worried. You can have your mind on it all the time. You can torment yourself. Or you can get peace about it. The Bible says if you have anything, if he said if, if there's anything that you need, he said, pray and let your requests be made known to me and my peace will come to you. He didn't say I'm going to pay your bill today. Ah, my feelings are hard. I'm looking for the money to come right now. Well, when's the bill due? Next week? Well, why would he give it to you today for you to jack it up and mess it up before your bill is due? Because you're going to find something else to spend it on. There's people, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. You want him because you want to do something else with that, whatever he's sending you. So cut it out. If he could trust you, you wouldn't be in the fix you're in. It's just true. Whether we like it or not, it's just true. Yeah, we all have problems with stewardship. You know, you let your mind get entangled in something that you can't free it from right away, and pretty soon it's bearing fruit. You're obsessed with the idea. You just got to do it. Amen? And so we have to learn how to let our souls be healed. You're, 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 the main thing our souls need to be healed is from our lack and fear of not having something. You got me? And that's a, a soul sickness. And it needs to be healed in order for us to prosper. If we don't, we'll take lack everywhere we go. You know, you can have tons of money and you still blow it all because your mind thinks lack. See, that's why John said, let your soul prosper first and then you'll receive it in the natural. Just like everything we get from God. Your heart must must conceive it and then your mind has to make it real, animate it, bring it to life for you. So that you think like God all the time and you prosper in the thoughts of God. That's when your soul's healed. It's healed from lack. It's healed from poverty. It's healed from expecting nothing but doom and gloom. It's healed from bad news only. Amen. And so we get to the point then where, where God refreshes our mind. It's like, boy, I've never had this happen to me before. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not dreading anything right now. You understand? I'm not fearful about anything. I have this confidence that God is going to take care of it. And if your mind begins to wander and you go off, you just go back and get your scripture again. Get your word and start meditating on that. Say, man, God, you still will do this. I got to believe you're going to do this because your word says you will. I prefer to believe the word of God. I am not going to believe what I see. I'm not going to believe the bad report. Amen. For most of us who are in this ministry coming consistently, we haven't had this this COVID thing. I know I haven't. None of us have had it. Why? Because we're healed. And we constantly feed ourselves that truth that we are healed. And we say it out loud. 
we decree it. We say it's going to happen this way for sure. Amen. When you decree a thing, that means it can't be altered, can't be messed with. And so, and, and it comes from God's throne room, from God's power that we do this. And so when we understand that we are our, our spirit and that spirit has life, and that life is the life of God. It's eternal life. It's a good life. It's a blessed life. It's a life that, that cannot be uh, altered in any way. When God gives you something, it's always good. He's not going to give you something that's not good for you. going to give you good stuff all the time. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not stuff, rest. Our minds need rest. Amen. Sometimes the more stuff you get, the more troubled you are. How am I going to take care of this now? Ooh, oh, my goodness. I'm, where am I going to put it? I got enough stuff in this room already. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you allow your soul to prosper first and then expect blessings to come out of what God's told you he's going to do, not what you think you need. And what what you think you deserve, I deserve it. I've been doing so and so and such and such. Will you just be your own little God if you want to? Amen. Let God handle these things for us. Let him handle these things. You know, somebody was telling me one time, they, you know, I've been praying for a brand new bus for this ministry. And I'm thinking to myself, who's going to pay for it? No, my faith wasn't up there. You gonna worry me all, all night long with your prayers? Uh, no. I said, no, no, thank you. If you're gonna pray for a bus, get, let's get an agreement. You understand what I'm saying? God won't, won't put you in over your head in anything. He would rather you just have to wait. He'll repair the old before he'll give you something that's gonna cause you headaches. You don't know where the payment's gonna come from and you don't, insurance. I'm thinking to myself, do you know what the insurance is on a quarter of a million dollar bus? Huh? No, thank you. We'll, we'll get what we need. We'll all always, we just want to get to the meeting. We don't want to impress nobody. We don't want to do anything. And then when, when we did get our bus, um, uh, people would look at us and say, wow, where'd you get that from? And one, Minister we had coming to visit and preach for us. He said, that's a Cadillac of buses. You know what I'm saying? So because God provided it, it always looked good as far as I was concerned. And it met our needs, got us to where we needed to go. Amen. <clears throat> and so it's what you have to look at, folks. God looks at the total picture. He's not going to overburden any of his children with responsibility that we can't handle. He doesn't do that to us. Amen. So, God wants us to have rest. Now, in Leviticus chapter 25, he even had the land to rest. And that's the amazing thing to me, 25, 2 through 9. Now, when he created man, what were we created from? All you scholars speak up. Don't be afraid. Dirt, the dust of the ground. Amen. All right. So in accordance with that, on the the uh, seventh day of creation, man rested, God rested, 
And then God told them to let the land rest. So everything that he creates has to come into his order of things so that it can function normally. We function when we get anywhere between six to eight hours of sleep every night. You gotta rest your body, you gotta rest your muscles, you have to rest your mind, you have to rest. You just can't push yourself and push yourself. You'll wear something out. Amen? And so in, it says Leviticus 25 verses 1, Moses spoke to, the Lord spoke to Moses in Mount Sinai and he said this, speak to the children of Israel, say to them, when you come into the land that, that I give you, then then the land you shall keep the Sabbath unto the Lord. Shall the land keep the Sabbath? So the land has to rest every seven years. Amen. You don't pro- put any crop on there. You live off of the crop that you planted last year. So if you're smart, the sixth year you'll plant a lot. So that you'll have a lot for the year that the land is going to rest. Because if you don't make provision for your rest time, you won't be able to keep that ordained rest with God. And then every seven times seven years was the year of Jubilee, where all the debts were canceled. Somebody needs to say hallelujah. <laughs> all the land was returned to its original owner. I just think if you lost a house... If you lost it, by the time another 49 years comes, your children are old enough to be on their own, which means they inherit that land back. So even if you weren't smart enough to hold on to it, so to speak, that won't, your kids won't pay the penalty for it. I thought that was an excellent thing. It gives everybody a new start in life. So say you get married at age 20, you lost the the land when, you you know, your dad lost the land or something like that. Before you're too old to to work the land, it comes back to you. And they usually had provision to loan the land to you, amen, if you lost it. Because it couldn't lay fallow, somebody had to work the ground. So you were working, so to speak, for somebody else, but you could look forward to the time when that land would be yours again, amen, because of debt cancellation. Now, Jesus is our debt payer. All debts are canceled when you, when you belong to God. You could, cause you can ask him for anything. If your debts weren't canceled, he would limit us to what we could expect and ask him for. See, if, if even if you've lost property before you knew the Lord or after you know the Lord, you can always get it back again. Amen. Cause he cancels all your debts. He gives you a fresh start. Biggest problem people have is with themselves. They don't know how to forgive themselves. You know, we don't know how to give ourselves a fresh start, but the Bible says that he forgives us and cleanses us. He'll cleanse your mind from the torment and beat up that we go through. Amen. So God wants us to rest folks. He wants us to quit worrying. Stop it. Amen. So when he talked about the land having rest, that's really a a metaphor of your soul. Many times in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when you see the word land, and then you translate it over into what he's doing for us in the New Testament, you see he's talking about your soul. Amen. If, if If you're made from the land and the land gets rest, 
then you get rest too. Amen. He's got rest for our souls. Amen. Because he knows the problem that we have mostly is being fearful, concerned, you know, upset about things. Amen. We talked about some of the things that, that, that keep us bound or keep us from having that rest in God. Amen. So here we say the fallow land was to have rest every seven years. And it ended in a year of Jubilee. That was the 49th year to the 50th. All of the original land was given back, which means that with Jesus being our redeemer, amen, that land was redeemed back to the original owner. Then our souls by his redemption are redeemed back to us, which means that the devil can't torment you. He can't make you do anything. He can't con you into thinking you're so bad and God doesn't want to bless you like he always does. Amen. He does his job. Amen. So our soul must rest from the life of sin. When you come into being born again, when you come into kingdom, God puts your soul at rest from the damages of sin. What does sin do? If you do something wrong, how do you feel about it? You usually feel bad. At some point you feel bad, especially when you see it doesn't work out for you. You know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't have done it. And and if you don't have God's forgiveness, what do you do? You tend to punish yourself. Amen? Ah, you shouldn't have done look at you. You did it again. I wish you quit doing that. You keep getting yourself in trouble that way. Why'd you do this? Why it nags at us constantly. Well, God comes in and erases that. And gives you peace of mind where you don't beat yourself up all the time when you fall short of something, when you, you know, the only thing you can do is if, if you expect something, it doesn't come to pass. You say, well, God, I'm going to keep believing you. See, faith and forgiveness are your open door back into the rest of God. You don't beat yourself up. It's up to God to bring that to you in due season. I say, God, whenever my season is, that's when I'm expecting you to bring it to me at the right time for my life. I am not going to be upset, kicking myself, beat myself up. Amen. You know, you can do that with, with anything. I mean, small things, big things. We just like to, I don't know, we like to <laughs> condemn ourselves. I think we think we're, we're doing the right thing by spanking ourselves. How? Huh? Cause we've been trained like that. You know, when you're in your parents' house, if you don't do right, if they're spankers, they spank you. My folks were spankers. Everybody's parents were spankers back in the day. We didn't have time out. My mama would say, I got your time out. Give me that belt, right? <laughs> I got your time out. Uh, you had to go get that switch, that belt, or whatever it was, amen? So, I mean, they didn't play that kind of stuff. They got through to you. You understood what was right and what was wrong, amen? <clears throat> so, our soul has to have rest from torment, and most of it we punish ourselves. You shouldn't have done that. Look at it. And sometimes, you know, we beat ourselves up, and, and, and we're, we're long since past the situation that we got ourselves in and we still keep beating ourselves up. You understand what I'm saying? It gets to be like a little habit with us sometimes. So, so we have to, to 
allow our soul to quit arguing and punishing and and condemning. Because if you continue down that road, your faith, you'll never be able to expect good things to come to you. And God wants to give us good things. In fact, they're already granted to us by his word. He's not he's not withholding anything from us. We're only limited by what we can believe him to do. And and you got to believe him to do what he says in his word, not what you think you want or not your pie in the sky ideas. But what does he say he's going to do for you in his word? Sometimes that'll shock you. I've been so shocked sometimes when I'll read the word and God said, yeah, that's yours. It's, that's what I want for you. That's what I want you to do for me or something like that. I'd say, wow, me? Wow, God? Oh, yeah, okay. You, you the boss, you know, cause I know I gotta let him empower me to do it. I'm gonna need his help to accomplish those things. But, but I've seen that he, he has so many great surprises for us. Stuff you couldn't even think that you would, you would do. He, he does that for us. Amen. So he says sin is separation from God. So when you separate from God, you punish yourself. When you separate from God, you're on your own. You gotta think for yourself, you gotta work and earn everything, you gotta do everything you're free. So it's a hard life. But, but when you belong to God, you have His faith. You have His word. You have His promises. You know, not just little barely get by flimsy things, but it's more than you can ask or think. He wants to really blow our minds with His goodness and His mercy. Amen? So when we, when we begin to get close to God with his word, amen, we begin to enter into that place where he begins to heal our souls from the damage, amen. Some people have really, really had hard lives. I was watching a, 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 a minister on television. He was having an altar call and he's a, a, a he has a miracle ministry so people kind of crowd around <clears throat> when he's about to end his meeting. And he looked down, there was two young girls standing next to him. And one of the little girls looked up at him and he said, well, honey, what do you want? She said, I want my mind healed. I'm, she said, I want emotional healing. And he kind of like swallowed hard because he wasn't expecting that to come out of a nine-year-old kid. And he said, he said, he said, um, emotional heal. She, he said, like, from what? She said, I've had a lot of burdens on me all my life. He said, I don't want to be burdened anymore. And see, most of the people in the church are looking for a financial blessing. We still haven't figured it out. That God is more than finances. All you need to do is say, okay, I'm blessed. Get up and go do something for God. Go find a little kid that needs to be blessed. Have hands laid on him. Go drop some extra clothes off at a, 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 a you know, homeless shelter or a, a battered women's shelter. You know, where they can't even let people know the address of it and where it is and what it is. You know, ask God to show you favor with some places where people really have needs. Take some cosmetics over. You know, in fact, take a case, combs and brushes, toiletries, whatever, things for children. You see what I'm saying? That'll do more to bring a person into rest and healing 
Think if you had to run for your life from your home and you could take nothing with you. If there's something there waiting for you that looks like it'll bring you comfort. It's just small things sometimes, folks. It's sometimes nothing very big, but it brings such comfort to people who really need it. So everybody's soul needs healing. Everybody's soul needs rest from fear, from torment, from pain. Amen. When we have pain, that triggers thoughts of doom. You know, the first thing you think, you get a pain. Oh, don't get a pain in your chest. Woo-wee. Sends you up the wall. Oh, it's got to be a heart attack. Elizabeth, get ready. It's the big one. I'm coming to meet you, you know. Amen. <laughs> a Sanford and son. I remember him. He would grab his chest and stagger a while and start calling for Elizabeth. He never died, though. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like us. You know, when we feel a pain somewhere, we start grabbing and thinking and wondering. See, isn't you not having a physical problem? It's what you think it is. Your soul is always either your greatest friend or your worst enemy. It's how you think and process things. When that pain comes to you, what kind of thought does it trigger? This is serious. I got oh, and don't let it happen two times in a row or two days in a row. Then you're really off to the emergency room. Amen. So pain, these things stimulate trouble in our thoughts and or in our souls. Pain is one because it triggers thoughts of doom and impending harm or preeminent harm. Emotional discomfort. If someone says something to you that hurts you, you can, you'll process that for days. You know, instead of letting it go and forgiving them and say, God, I forgive this people. That's the fastest road to healing is forgiveness. Is one of the ancient paths that God has laid out for us. You go to that, something that's laid down uh, in stone and in the history of God with his people, and you pick that up and you say, Lord, you know what? I forgive that person. I'm not going to hold it against them. Instead, what most people do, they nurse it, they think about it, oh, who they think they are. And, I, and that reminds me of my mother. She used to do this and she used to do that. And go on and on and on. Amen. So your soul can work against you if you don't let God heal it. And the fastest way to healing is through forgiveness. Amen. Because the ancient path we said is covered in, in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a blood walked path. He walked in his own blood all the way up to the cross so that we could have a path to follow that would bring us freedom from the effects of sin. Not just ours all the time, but sins that people perpetrate against us. You know, I I was reading that. You know, it blows my mind sometimes. I remember when we first started years ago, the Lord gave us those uh, um, pictures of abducted children to pray for. Uh, we've been doing that, I know, 25 years. And I remember when Pastor Shirley would go, she said, I'm in Walmart. These kids' pictures keep looking at me. And then at some point, 
they got milk cartons. This was before you had smartphones with cameras or we was taking pictures and captured them. But she said, oh, they got them on milk cartons now. I said, well, we'll cut them out. We'll paste a poster. And since then, we've had at least a dozen posters filled up back and forth. Understand, we just quit cutting out faces because it got to the point where you get two pictures. One, when they were first missing, now they're adults, what they would look like now. And it's sad. It's really sad. But then I was thinking, in the last several years, we see where they have captured just... They go down in caves or I don't know where they go, but they'll bring out a couple of hundred kids at one time. You understand what I'm saying? It's something very, very evil going on. But you see where God is moving now. And the government's taking it seriously. And they're getting involved in releasing children. All this open border stuff is is a, uh, you know, child traffickers are very happy with the open borders. Because all they have to do is go down and pick up some free kids. Somebody's already put those kids out there for them to pick up. They know who they are. They've been sent pictures. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's an evil network. And see, those kids, that as long as God keeps them alive, there's hope for them. They're not hopeless cases. But they're going to need to be ministered to. They're going to need people who know God to pray the right prayer to get their souls free so they can don't have to live in the torment of what they've been through. You understand what I'm saying? And because a lot of adults couldn't live through it, let alone a child. So anyway, emotional pain, emotional discomfort damages your soul it upsets your peace you don't have peace when you're emotional now when you're a believer you don't nurse thoughts that cause you damage that's another part of the self-punishing thing you know somebody says something to you that's not right you don't keep thinking about it over and over again keep processing it keep rolling it around your head how oh, they said this and because pretty soon you're going to want to pounce on them when you see them And then not only have they sinned against you, but you sinned against them. And it's all now. It's like a back and forth. Like who's going to have the last word? You need to give those things to God because you can't win in that arena. Amen. That's for losers. Amen. So emotional discomfort disturbs your rest. Mental anguish, guilt, shame, and fear. Amen. All of those go hand in hand to torment us. Amen. So our quest is always to deal with the negative effects of a sinful life, a past sinful life. Because there's always some residue, always some remembrance, always some after effect. But Jesus heals the after effects. Amen. Amen. So and, and, and you have to watch that we We don't get out of sync with God. When you don't feel good in your mind, that's a sign that you need to go to God with what's troubling you. Jesus said, come to me when you are labored and heavy laden, when you're troubled, and I'll give you rest. How does he give us rest? Through forgiveness of sins. He said, I'll forgive you. If you'll confess it, I'll forgive you. Amen. But you're, most people, their mind, we don't like confessing stuff. 
when we're guilty. Our minds want to play with it. I didn't say that. Well, I wouldn't have said that if they hadn't said this to me. And if they hadn't started it, I wouldn't have had to jump in like I did. You understand what I'm saying? And so it gets bigger and bigger and bigger the longer you continue to dance around it. You want to blame somebody else. And Jesus says, I'll take the blame because he took the blame already. He said, I took the shame. So you don't have to be ashamed of your past and ashamed of what you've done. He said, I take the blame. I take the shame. Put it all on me. Just confess it to me. And I'll take it off of you. And I'll give you my spirit. I'll give you my attitude. I give you my mind. Amen. Some people never get that perfected. Because you, you point something out to them and the first thing they want to do is defend themselves. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. We well, you know, I, 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 you know, just attitude. That that comes from having a troubled soul. Attitude is always indicative of a troubled soul, because there's something in there that keeps gnawing at you, and anything that's said to you can trigger it and cause it to explode on the inside of you. So we got to get that cleaned up. Jesus died. So that can be cleaned up. Amen. He really, really did. So when we know that he can clean things up for us, then we know that we can get over it. We can get a new way of thinking, a new lease on life. When I was recovering from nervous breakdown many years ago, and that's how I found the Lord, uh, I was shocked sometimes at You mean I've gone all day and I didn't think one time about killing myself. That was like a big deal, folks. To break that suicide mentality, you're no good, look at you, you can't work, you can't, you can't live unless you got pills, you're that total condemnation continually to break that thing. Some people just live with it. There are a lot of people that are on the edge of living in a mental hospital all the time. But they've just learned how to manage so that they can put the thoughts away for a season, go to work, come back home. When they come home, they pick up the tormenting mindset again. It's horrible. But that was like a major breakthrough for me. So I know what it, I know what God can do. And I know it takes a dedication to His Word in order to get that. Amen. What's your little friend's name? Huh? Abigail. You want to go in the bookstore and look at some books, baby? Go ahead. You can do that. And and look in the refrigerator. Get you something to drink while you're in. Just make yourself at home. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> little kids sometimes, you know, you're, what you're ministering is a little bit beyond what they, you know, can comprehend right now. She'll remember some things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's good. Good for her. Yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes kids, though, you know, they get filled up real quick. So we'll let her have a little rest and get her something, a little freshman in there, you know. I don't know. I think I had some beer for cooking in there. Don't tell, don't get that beer. <laughs> I think we might have had that beer bread or something one time. Well, she knows better. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. We're all good. 
Yeah, but many times your soul, your your damaged soul, always is has picked up the habit just for survival of defending itself. So we have to understand when that defense comes. We know you're wrong. You know something's wrong. You don't want that defensive wall to go up because you never get your rest and you never get healed. Amen. And what your soul wants to do is put a little false band-aid on the wound. It'll, you know, you'll feel a little better for a minute and it is right back again. You ever been like that? Something comes up and you, you know it, it's wrong. There's something wrong between you and somebody or something happened and it's not, didn't turn out right. And your mind will go back and forth. I call that the fig leaf treatment. You know, like Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness and it didn't work. In actuality, the leaves will shrink, shrivel up and fall apart. So they're not a real good covering for nakedness. Amen. Just like our excuses, they don't cover our wrong. They don't fix it. It falls apart after a while. So it's best not to even take it up. Just when you call your, kind of find yourself making excuses instead of confessing and just go ahead and say, Lord, help me. I'm, I'm on the wrong road here, but I know I'm wrong. And I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord, so I can be back in peace. I want my mental rest back. I want my mental health back. I want my peace of mind back. I want to feel good about me. I want to have good expectations. I want to have expectations of good. I want all of that back again, Lord. So he's the redeemer. So he's paid for that. He brings it right back to you every single time. He never gets tired. A blessing you with peace of mind. He just doesn't. Amen. So his remedy is to con- to confess it unto deliverance. So we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So you're not a sinner anymore. You're not somebody who's wrong anymore. You're you're in his righteousness now. That's all you need to do is is follow the ancient path, that blood-walked path to the foot of the cross. Confess your sin and let him forgive you. Amen. Learning about Jesus takes the pressure off of us. Amen. And so he has a ministry to our souls. In Acts 10.38, it said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Sin causes the devil to come in and oppress us because we've obeyed him. That's his domain. So we get his reward for being bad. You got me? And he punish. He's a punisher. Amen. He never gives you. It's like people will do things like, you know, Kids might steal something and they feel bad about it. And then after a while, they don't feel bad about it anymore. And they think, oh, I got away with something. But then at some day, one day, sometime, it catches up with them. But see, the devil will torment you off and on. Once he gets you on his territory, you you act on what he tells you. They say, look at you, especially if you try to go to church, you try to be a church goer and a sneak at the same time. 
look at you sitting up in church, you old hypocrite. You don't, you don't belong in there. Look at you. Everybody knows you don't live right, blah, blah, blah. So that's his reward for us obeying him is torment, mental torment, accusation, punishing thoughts. Amen. Oppressive thoughts. So Jesus came to heal that demonic oppression. Amen. And if we'll confess to him and just say, you know, sometimes we just need to spend a couple of days or a couple of hours talking, chatting with him off and on about things that we know that we, we, they're kind of like a trouble to us and we need to conquer them. Just take a little time out and just spend, spend more than like a couple of minutes just, oh God forgive me and just run on off. You gotta stay till you get cleansed. Amen. He wants to cleanse us too, not just, you know, wipe it off the books kind of thing. It's not, he doesn't hold it against us anymore, but we walk around like a thief because we didn't stay long enough to get cleansed. Amen. You trying to steal a cleansing instead of letting him do that. So it's real. See, when he does it, it's real. We just get a little bit of something, you know, sometimes we just can't stand to be wrong for two minutes. Okay, God, forgive me, and then run off somewhere. Amen? Let's stay there. Linger in his presence. Act like you know you're forgiven. God, I'm so thankful to be in your presence again. I'm, I'm thank- I feel your presence, Lord. I, I feel your comfort. I thank you that, that I, I can partake of that again and, and I didn't have to stay away from you for too long. Amen. You renewed me and restored me. That's cleansing. Amen. So, so when, when, uh, uh, God restores us, he makes us whole. What does that mean, whole? Actually, sin fragments our souls. What fragment means? Let's say, for instance, you have a thought you want to tell somebody off. The spirit of anger has a part of your soul. Say, for instance, you're angry at somebody and they're in authority and you can't say anything. If you don't forgive them, you understand what I'm saying? Then self-pity has a part of your soul. So your soul's fragmented by all of these negative forces, and then they start to send you ideas, send you thoughts, send you this, send you that. So your soul becomes bombarded by all these different forces that have come in and damaged your soul. When Jesus said, will you be made whole, what he says, I'm going to take give, give you a healthy soul. I'm going to take that anger out of you and give you that part of your soul back. Amen. I'm going to take that fear out of you and give you that part of your soul back. Amen. I'm going to take that retaliation out of you and give you that part of your soul back. So he makes us whole so that he can have, we can have peace in every area of our lives. You ever feel good about being peaceful and something in a thought comes to you, you don't like somebody else. There's something, there's always something. Amen. And he, he'll give you peace on everything. You know, I've been in a place where I would think back about, you know, things I did way back. And I said, Lord, please forgive me for that. Even though my sins are forgiven, I want to be made whole. Because, see, there's something in my mind that keeps reminding me of that off and on. You see what I'm saying? I want that whole again. I want Jesus to have access to every part of my soul. 
and nothing's in there that from years and years ago it's messed up or anything you know especially if it's somebody i know i didn't like didn't get along with i said lord i don't know if they're still alive or not now but please save them send somebody with the the to preach to them and tell them about jesus give them goodness and mercy in their life right now you see what i'm saying we can help him in this and your soul can be made whole because it's not gathered by the enemy that wants to torment us all the time amen in matthew 5 let's see what he has for us there Five and verse twelve, I think it is. In verse eleven, he said, "Blessed are verse ten. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake." I see. This is where damage can come to your soul after you're saved, and you start doing the right thing. Amen. And and. If you don't understand God's power to heal you, you'll be the biggest victim in the kingdom that you ever saw. You know, because people think that they're not supposed, if you're doing right, you shouldn't have anything wrong happen to you. Well, it's just instinctive to do that. People, I remember a book that sold millions of copies when good things, bad things happen to good people, you know. And who's good? Jesus said in the world, you're going to have trouble anyway. I don't care how good you think you are. That doesn't get you out of trouble. Because you can do the best and get into trouble. And it shows it here. He said, blessed are they um, that are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Anybody been there? Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets that were before you the same way. Amen. So rejoicing and gladness can come in the midst of mental pain. That's one of the ways that you heal yourself is through rejoicing and through gladness. Because if if Jesus said you're to act this way, then it's possible to be that way. You don't have to be upset with people when they, you know, leave. Like people left the church and said all kind of stupid things about us, about you and me. You understand what I'm saying? The people over there, they don't love nobody. And where's the love? Well, you're supposed to bring your own love. You got Jesus in you just like I do. You know, when are you going to start loving somebody? See, it becomes something vague that they can accuse. Amen. Because when you give people the word, you make sure their needs are met. You did, there's no place for the devil to accuse you. So he has to pick up something stupid and vague like love. But what does that mean? Huh? Different things to different people. Amen. So you, you won't be able to, that, that accusation will never stick and they know it. So that's why they make up these vague little things to talk about. Amen. So we do rejoicing and gladness when when we're persecuted because we get a great reward. Amen. In Luke chapter 15, you see another <clears throat> remedy for sickness in the soul. 
Luke chapter 15, verse 32. This is the uh, conclusion of the story about the prodigal son or the wasteful son. And he says, it was right that we should make merry and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he was found. See, rejoicing has a healing component to it when you realize what God has done in you. Rejoicing automatically renews the right energy in your soul. Amen. It will permeate the atmosphere. It will cause your your surroundings to change so that it's more conducive to your mental health. So rejoicing always brings about a change in your soul. Gladness. See, there's a gladness that comes when repentance happens. See, when when you really repent and, and tell God that you're sorry and you want to turn away from that way of life and you want the new way of life to come to you, there's a gladness that comes that is a healing within itself. The Bible says that um, the merry heart is like a medicine. Amen. Laughter is a medicine. Joy is medicine. And see what the enemy wants to do is keep us from our medicine by making us think we're not worthy, making us think it'll never get any better. This won't get fixed. I know God fixed it last time, but this one's the biggie. He won't fix this one. Amen. So, so we need to understand that when repentance comes, when confession comes, forgiveness comes, rejoicing comes, and healing comes. Amen. So the Bible also says that, that heavens rejoice over one sinner that repents. Amen. All heaven breaks out in joy and laughter when somebody confesses Christ. Amen. You know, I, I should say when a sinner repents, because we have a lot of people that confess Christ and never turn away from sin. Amen. They want to have them both. So heaven rejoices over the right thing. Amen. We rejoice because we got think we got a soul saved. Amen. Which is okay, too, because you've done what God told you to do. It's up to God to make that real in repentance for them. The humble soul waits for God. Amen. So repentance is a a type of humility of soul. The humble soul waits for God. I don't care what it is that you desire, what it is that's not right in your life. It waits for God and it listens for the voice of the shepherd. Amen. It listens for his voice. Our repentance causes God's repentance. Where we might have been slated for for lack or something like that, if we'll repent, God will repent. Amen? Um, Let me turn to that. It's in Jonah chapter 3, so you can see that for yourself. Jonah chapter 3. Come on, Jonah. You sandwiched in here somewhere between. These books are so small. All right. Next to Obadiah. Between Obadiah and Micah. 
<laughs> so anyway, in Jonah chapter three, this is where he's he's in the he's been tossed out of the boat into the belly of the fish. So three, um, starting in verse eight. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we, uh, verse four. Jonah finally goes into Nineveh. First, he wasn't going to go. Remember, got on a boat, thought he was running from God, got caught up with him, threw him over the ship. And it says in verse four, Jonah began to enter into a city, the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. And proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. For word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, laid his robe aside and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered in sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yes, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? So God saw him that they turned away. He was satisfied and he repented of the evil that was slated for them. Amen. So our repentance causes God's repentance. Is worth it. See, it's worth it to turn away from your selfishness, defensiveness, anger, fear, frustration. Just repent. Because where you're at, when you don't repent, God can't get to you. He can't bless you if you're all knotted up emotionally and if you're all bound up in your feelings and your whatever, whatever. He can't get to you. But if you'll humble yourself and come out of that, then he'll turn and give you a blessing. He will leave you a blessing in the end if you will repent. Amen. So repentance really is not just for disobedience, but it's also for us to get an elevation in God's kingdom. Repentance leads to a higher standard of living in God. And this is what a lot of people don't really understand. You know, to repent really means to change your mind about something. And mostly it refers to where you used to think you were right. Now you realize "Mm, something ain't not quite right. Because, see, there's always more to attain in God. There's a higher level. If we could have it at the level we're at now, spiritually, mentally, Word-wise, faith-wise, we'd have it already. And and many people can live in a place where your bills are paid, this is done, that's done, that's done, that's done, that. And we think we're living the highest life. And then God will come by and show us something. No, no, it may not be anything yet. Don't Don't get defensive. It's not about pointing out something you're doing wrong. But he might show you a vision of something greater. So in order to get something greater, you gotta leave where you are. So you gotta repent. You gotta turn your, your thoughts away from this is wonderful where I am and I'm comfortable right here and I'm gonna stay right here. And something will prick your heart. You said, no, this ain't quite it. I gotta, nope, God, I gotta get, you know, 
don't care what it is. Sometimes, you know, in, in, in a marriage, you know, one partner can be satisfied and they, they think they got everything going on and the other one's not. You got me? And so somebody got a buzz. We got to pray. We got to say, well, uh, you know, God is there for both your needs. And so you might have to humble yourself and say, man, I thought we had it made right where we are, but I guess we got to move on. That's repentance. Amen. I can remember many times in ministry, this will happen to you a lot when you serve God. I see a lot of ministers that give words to people. And I'm thinking, where's your healing ministry? How are you dealing with demons that might come in? And, you know, thank God God doesn't send anybody like that to him. You know, God's smart. He knows where to send people who need help to people who really he, he empowers to help them. But even with some of the, the things that he's empowered us to do, I want more. This will this will happen sometimes. God will start showing me something that he's doing maybe in somebody else's ministry and oftentimes in the word. And then I'll say to myself, God, you know, I got to move off of where I am. So that's repentance. I've changed my mind. It's, you can be content where you are, but you got to be full and hungry at the same time, the word says. So because there's more out there. There's more sick people. There's empty chairs here. There's more of everything that God can pour on us to get to where he wants us to go. And so it caught, it takes repentance. You've got to quit thinking that you've got everything you need and you're wonderful and you're great because anybody can put that thought in their own heads. You're never wonderful. You've never attained everything. There's always more land to be covered in your soul. There's more peace and contentment you can have. There's more gratitude you can have. There's more expectation for good you can have. There's so much evil and and, and uh, sin in the world. My goodness, they keep anybody busy for days. How could you ever think that you got it made when there's so much wrong going on everywhere? Amen. So, so repentance is not just for disobedience, but it's also for coming up higher. It leads to a higher standard of living in God. God shares his life for, with us and that's how we're healed. More of God, less of me, more righteousness, more peace and contentment. The more we are convinced that we're like God, the more we're healed. See, it's a God-likeness that heals us. It's not getting a devil cast out necessarily or getting another prayer or getting this. It's God-likeness. You start identifying with God. Jesus is healed. I'm healed too. Jesus isn't sick. I'm not sick. I'm healed. Amen. Jesus isn't poor. I'm not poor. I'm wealthy. That that doesn't mean you got to spend it all. But you can be rich and have it in reserve. We all have that. Because we have an inheritance in God. Amen. The scriptures that bring about health. Galatians 5.13 tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We are not, sickness is a curse and we're redeemed from it. So the more you can identify with Christ in his resurrected condition, 
I'm Jesus. I'm healed because you are. I'm not sick. Uh-uh. I'm not dupe. I'm not sick. And these symptoms are going to leave too in the name of Jesus. I'll use your name to make these symptoms leave. Amen. I'll use your blood to make, I'll use the anointing to make these symptoms leave, but they are going. They're leaving my body today. Amen. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. It's the humble soul that gets healed. Amen. What we sow, we reap. So if we sow words of health, wholeness, prosperity, we will reap off those words. Amen. We are told not to get weary in doing good because we'll reap off of that. See, once your soul gets healthy, It'll start expecting to reap off the good. Well, what about the bad that I do? Well, you you cancel that out. God doesn't hold that against you. Ooh, even what I did, yeah, all of that. He doesn't care what it is. If you confess it, you're forgiven. Amen? You don't have to sit and wait to see something bad happen because you slipped up and made a mistake. Amen? you got to get yourself back into God-likeness. See, this is why the enemy likes to get us to mess up. Because he can keep us over in the penalty box and torment us. And the more your mind focuses on your shortcomings, your deficiencies, and what you did wrong, the less you'll expect good. And God can be sending good to you and it'll pass you by because you're over here in the mindset of somebody. That's that's why it's best to stay away from the devil. You don't want to dig a hole for yourself over there with him. Then you got to wait for him to let you go. He'll never let you go. And if you don't know to let go of that yourself, you stay tormented. God has to send somebody with a word for you to set you free out of that prison. Amen. Sometimes you'll be in church and somebody will say just the right thing to you and you remind something will click on the inside. Oh wow. God, I've forgotten that. I was so consumed with with my faults and what I and how bad I felt about it. As though that's gonna make God feel good. You're feeling bad. It's going. He died so you didn't have to feel bad. Amen. And so we have to allow ourselves, folks, to partake of this new life. Your soul will prosper. You will be healthy. But you got to get it on the inside of you first. We're healed from the inside out. Don't look for anything to change on the outside till you change the inside. That inside is your responsibility. Manifestation is God's responsibility, but he has put word inside of us so that we know that we know that we know that we are healed. And as we nurture ourselves in that word, we get the benefits of it. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for our word today and for healing and for healing in our souls and prosperity in our souls that we are healed and we can expect symptoms to leave. We can expect greater uh, reality of health in our bodies and in our minds. Everywhere our spirits are healed because you live in there. And we thank you, Father, that you're healing all of us. You're healing it from the inside out. It's taken effect and it's taken hold. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Does anybody need healing? Come on up and I'll pray for you for healing or whatever you need. Whatever you need is I'll pray for.